Okay, so let's、we'll、stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to another week of the Parenting Unknown podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening on my little journey into figuring out what parenting is, what this life is, and even though some of the subjects I talk about may not feel like it's directly to parenting, everything that I'm going through as a parent, everything that I'm learning and teaching myself and my kids, honestly, it's all a journey from my own life. Everything's a buildup to what I'm doing right now. So I'm trying to dissect everything from my life, looking at it at different points, and honestly, it's good therapy for me. It's good therapy, and the more and more I talk about things, the more and more I feel better. And I think sometimes we just need to talk, and this works out perfectly for me because I could talk, maybe only listen to it once when I edit, and then that's it. Whatever problems, insecurities, issues I may have had growing up, and I could look back at them, think about them, write about them. And sometimes when you say things out loud, they're not as heavy or scary as what you thought were. And the way that I'm talking about some of the things that I am so far, it's it's real acceptance, it's real healing, and it's real chance that I'm getting to move forward and to be a better person for myself, but and obviously to be a better parent, which is why I started this. I wanted to better myself. And if anybody could actually pull anything from what I'm saying, whether you agree with me or not. Or just listen to me mumble on for twenty minutes. It's just try to better yourself. If you already think you are better, great, you've done it. And if not, you're not alone. So it goes two ways. This episode I want to talk about. I entitled it "The Sleeping Giant." That's because it's a big metaphor. And I'll start off with the quote: "I fear all we have done is waking a sleeping giant and fill him with." A terrible resolve, and that's from. Well, I'm going to butcher this name, Isoruku Yamamoto, and this is from a Japanese admiral written in his journal about the attacks on Pearl Harbor in the U.S. and ultimately getting the U.S. into World War II. And at that point, the U.S. didn't really have a reason to get into World War II. Kind of on our own island, there was no attacks, and yes, our allies were being attacked, and yes, we did have troops fighting for the British during that time. But there wasn't really a definitive reason so the president could go to Congress, declare war, and ultimately get us in. This was it. So you're probably thinking, like, what the hell are you saying this for? Well, like I said, it's a metaphor for waking somebody up with great power and strength. But sometimes that awakening has anger, rage, just waiting like a sleeping. Volcano. Up until a few years ago, let me say that again. Up until a few years ago, I felt like that was my situation. I've had a lot of anger and a lot of rage built up, and a lot of it stemmed from my mother being away from jail, being picked on as a kid. My grandma was always sick, so all the little—I wouldn't say memories, but all the little things you would see as a kid about your hanging out with the grandma, being going out places. Her making you cookies. I didn't have any of that. My grandma was sick the majority of the time. She was in a wheelchair. She broke her hip. She had a stroke. She had dialysis. You name it. She unfortunately she dealt with it, but she was strong. She fought through it. 
But in the end, we're human. Our bodies can only take so much. Our will could only bring us so much until our ultimate resolution. And unfortunately, that's what happened to her. Passed away and just always being in the hospital with her. For a long while, I've always felt like people were dying around me, whether it's aunts, grandmas, great aunts, great uncles, cousins, unfortunately, even friends too. And to be honest, I had a really bad temper. I had a temper that I could go from zero to 100 in under a second. I just took that little small trigger and I was gone. And as a kid, I got into a lot of fights. I got in a lot of trouble for talking back at home and in school. And looking back, it was long overdue. Something at any moment could have set me off and who knows, I would have hurt somebody or hurt myself or I wouldn't even be here talking. Could have been in jail, could have been a gang, all of that. I might chuckle at this and it sounds like I'm being cruel, but a lot of my frustrations were taken out of my uncle and a lot of it was just talking back. I won't say that I hated him out of the respect of my grandma. But I just really didn't like the guy. He always went under my skin and on purpose too, whatever he would say, I would just kind of rebel against it. And just, even if I agreed with it, I would, he, he didn't have to know that. So that kept me going for a few years. And I grew up in an area where gangs and drugs and guns were just a few doors down, literally a blocks away, if not on the same block. So like one of many gang stories you hear, I could have been in that position. I could have turned my life into a different path, given what my mental state and situation I was growing up with. And I asked myself, why didn't I? And I think it was to make my grandma proud. She's been gone still to this day, and I feel a little bit lost in my life without her. I don't think while she was here, I wanted her to feel bad or sad on my doing. I honestly see the way she would hurt with my mom being in prison, and for some of her kids for the longest, didn't talk to her being sad about some parts of her life, her sickness, and her thinking about her daughter going to prison and having to raise her son. For lack of better phrases, I didn't want to kill her. Yeah, that's a little bit extreme, but, you know, we hear about people dying from broken hearts. Some events in our life that are so crushing, you know, they pass away, and I didn't want to be the cause of that with my grandma. I don't want to give her a broken heart. I just wanted to make her proud and be happy. And I don't want to sound cocky to say this, but I wanted to give her some happiness in her life, even if it was coming from me. Don't sound too much, too bad. So all this frustration and anger, not to mention sadness, was just kept the bottom of my very, very black heart. And through the years, I knew it was there. And so I kept myself away from bad situations. I couldn't let all of it come out on any person or myself. I kind of feel like I couldn't live with myself after that if something like that had did happen. And being an adult, and to me, considering myself as an adult, not till like I was around 25, I knew that it was just looming. I knew that it was just waiting to make an appearance. And that's scary. But my post-10 years, I've seen anger and frustration transform itself into depression. A little better, right? I'm opposed to being constantly angry or frustrated all the time to depression. It's... It's... It sounds like a give and take situation and you have one or you don't or one's better than the other. I just don't know. It's just how I felt. But for the longest, I felt like being happy and enjoying life was painful and wrong. And honestly, I just didn't deserve it. And that's what depression does. It's just the worst. And I'm still like that. 
to a small point, but I see life on a different spectrum with obviously the birth of my kids. I see a lot, I see life with a lot of joy, a lot of happiness and a lot of hopefulness. My past, no matter how sad is a part of me and I, I accept it. I think that's how to overcome myself not being sad, but you know, I know it's still there. I know the anger and frustration is still there. The sadness is still there. But it's a part of me. And it's it's part of me like as it's my own flesh and blood. I don't let my emotions get the best of me. I'm trying to figure out ways to work through them. And sometimes it's hard, especially with the kids, you know, screaming or not behaving bad. You want to get angry, but you have to remember in the end, they're kids. They don't know any better. And yeah, sometimes they'll do stuff to get on your nerves. They actually do it on purpose because they get a kick out of it. But they're kids. And thankfully, I'm, I think I'm more rational, more dignified, especially with the two kids and my wife. There's no way I'm letting anything like that get the best of me and remove myself from my family. And I think in some way, shape, or form, we all have the sleeping giant in us. And no matter what fashion you have it in, whether it's good or bad, some people, we just have a lot of bad inside of us waiting to get out. And vice versa, we have a lot of good for us waiting to come out too, but there's a blanket of depression over us or there's a blanket of sadness over us where we just can't poke poke a hole through it and come out. And to be honest, me and my wife were talking about this the other day, and obviously when you're a parent, you don't want anything to happen to your kids, especially with all this talk of you know, child kidnapping, there's sexual abuse on child, physical, mental. The last thing you want is for anybody anyone to do any kind of harm to your your kid, whether it's sexually trying to take them away. And I told my wife, I said, I'm scared of that happening. Not only because obviously the well-being of my kid, I wouldn't want anybody to take them away or do any kind of harm to them. I'm scared of that. But I told her what I'm even more scared of is myself. I said, I'm more scared of myself into the fact that what I'm going to do. And the reason why I'm so scared of that situation, God forbid it ever has happened. The reason why I'm scared of it, because when I think of it, my mind goes blank, which is really scary because when you have this anger and rage unleash itself, you don't know what's, what's going to be the outcome. You get lost in that second and your body just goes on this meanful, rageful autopilot. And I don't want that. And I'm, I'm scared of myself from that. But being as parents, you try to do the best you can to protect the kids, be there for them. And luckily, I'm a big guy and my wife doesn't go anywhere with the kids by herself. So I'm kind of a natural repellent. So thank God for that. But they're just things you never know, right? But everyone's anyone's bad day is just a stone's throw from any small trigger that's going to go across our face that day. It could happen at any point, any time, don't matter who. Everyone has their tipping point. So going through all this, all these emotions as a kid, I had nobody really teach me about my emotions and how I should settle them. So with all this as a kid, I really had nobody to teach me about my emotions. I just knew to do enough and so I won't land up like my mom. <laughs> really uh, motivating, right? But young age, I knew my mom was in prison. I knew when you're in prison, it's for doing something bad. I just didn't know how bad she did her thing until I was above age. And that's for another episode. But my home style life, I had my grandma, my sick grandma, as a motivation. You know, like I just talked about. 
I flash forward now, and I'm trying to teach my kids as little as they are about their emotions. Being two and four, they go through the whole spectrum of being had, sappy, sappy. They're being sad, angry, happy, everything in between. A lot of it, too, if you have kids, it's within a split second. Especially with my little girl, Mia. Yelling and throwing tantrums is, seems to be one of her favorites to get her way. And talking about, you know, split second, she could be screaming, throwing her fit, saying that she wants water. Because she's like, she's like a little queen sitting on her throne. And when she says she wants water, you have to give it to her right then and there. If you tell her like, oh, you give me a second. Or, hey, I'm putting on a sock. She starts crying. It has to be done right then and there. And if you don't do it. Pretty sure she would attack you if she could, but as soon as you give her the water, the, the tears, the crying they go away like nothing, and she turns around and she says, I'm happy. And my wife just look at her like, this girl's crazy. But that's what I'm talking about, though. Kids have a whole range of emotions, and they could harness them at any split second. And right now, my kids are learning about being happy, sad, and angry. I think it's important to distinguish those emotions, especially at an early age, so they could kind of get familiar with themselves and have a better way to work through them. I know it's like elementary talk to say, but some of these lessons we don't get taught. Especially coming from like this Mexican background, when it comes to emotions, we don't talk about it. Very hard for us to open up. Either we're too prideful, we're just not taught that way, or whenever we had an emotion coming up, the answer was to smack the kids or they'll shut up. You had an opinion, it will shut up, it was... Never anything more. So when I talk about breaking the cycle, this is small little pieces that I'm breaking that cycle. You could be a dick and call it like you're being white, you're being soft. But of teaching your kids about emotions, being white, being soft, the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> it's just about being a good, understanding parent. And I'm striving to be that. And you just got to take little steps when they're young. Acknowledge yourself and take little steps. And to be honest, too, when they ever have these emotions, I try to do my best to make sure that whatever the feeling is very well, it's okay. And we can work through it to get better. We can work at it to feel better. And that even though you're angry right now, there's always going to be times where you're happy. Anger comes and goes. It's part of us. We're only human. But, you know, you got to choose your words differently from a younger age. But I think for the most part, they're getting it. And to like little things like, taking deep breaths, explaining. It could kind of calm down the kid. Give him a hug too. It all diffuses whatever situation may happen. Or giving in and giving them what they want, which that's kind of the last resort because they do got to learn you can't have everything at the split sec. But I want my kids to go through life understanding these emotions for them so they could go through life making the right decisions so let them know sometimes that as much as you want to, life is not fair. It's going to throw them curveballs and being happy, sad, angry, and others. But sometimes we tend to run away from these emotions because we fear what is going to come out on the other side, whether it's good or bad. Fear is a real, a real thing. And in my culture, we keep things buried deep, deep inside and try to keep ourselves busy without really addressing anything. Sometimes a little bit till it's too late. I see marriages and relations blow up in my family. And while that's not going to be in my house, we're going to explain things, we talk about things, we have discussions. It may sound silly to some, but it's a step into staying away from what we came from, in a good way. And with everything, getting a better understanding of myself and my emotions, 
I'm trying to keep this sleeping giant inside of me at bay. Like I said, I've known it's there. I'm not trying to do anything poking, anything like that. And I guess the moral, the moral story or what I'm trying to get to for this whole podcast is that we can't let our emotions get the best of us. Even though we have a lot of buildup sometimes for events that may have happened or situations we might have been through and that's just weighing us down throughout our life. We just can't let that emotion get the best of us or let it just build up underneath our skin to the point where it comes out. And like I said, whether it hurts somebody or hurt yourself, you can't let that happen. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody that I know be in that situation where they just go postal and, you know, God forbid something happens to them or they hurt other people. So I think just it's very, very important to find the release, a positive release. And that could come anywhere between, you know, picking up hobbies, hitting a punchy bag, working out, exercise, playing video games. Just it's something. It's something that we have to talk about and acknowledge and take away that stigma of dealing with our emotions to be, especially from the men, less manly. Or being a cop out, being overly sensitive. It's not being overly sensitive. It's it's attacking life. Like I said, life throws you curveballs. And yeah, sometimes we may not hit it, but there's going to be a lot of times where we see what's coming and we hit a home run. Thanks again for listening this week. I appreciate it. And until the next episode, catch you then.